Hello? Is it future flicks you're looking for? Well, then you've come to the right place. As always, I am Billiam from SomewhatNerdy.com, bringing you all the movies that are coming out. This week, technology turns against us, a wrestler betters himself for love, and a movie answers the question, what does my cat do when I'm at work all day? It's the week of July 8th, 2016, and this is Future Flicks. Alright, alright, we have some news, so let's jump right into that. The Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences sent out a record-breaking 683 new invites to add to their 6,000-member group. Out of the 683, 46% of them were female and 41% were people of color. This is more than likely in response to the last Oscars, which came under fire for being racist. This story, it's, it's kind of silly. It's good. Okay, don't get me wrong. It's good that the Academy has more diversity. But this is a straight PR move. It's nothing other than that. But this was never a race issue. The controversy about the movies being snubbed at the Oscars was politics, plain and simple. Beasts of No Nation may have been a fantastic movie, but it was distributed by Netflix. Hmm. Could that have anything to do with it? Maybe. Just maybe. And also about concussion, Will Smith was just mediocre. Uh, He didn't even deserve an Oscar nod for that. His accent alone was proof of that, the fact that he couldn't even keep that constant throughout the whole movie. At the time of these snubs, there were about 6,000 members, and of course, some of them are going to be racist. If you have that many people, there's going to be someone racist in the mix. Maybe there'll be a good chunk of them that are racist. But more than anything, the Academy is a political machine, plain and simple. There are certain types of movies that get nominated. And you can tell when movies come out, you're like, okay, well, this one is going to be one of those movies. This movie right here is going to be one that's going to be nominated for an Oscar. And let's move on. Some of you may have already heard about this next story. Empire Magazine broke this on June 27th. The beloved video game Tetris is being turned into a movie. What's more than that? It's actually a trilogy. Oh my god. I I had to check my calendars that we didn't jump in a time machine back to April. And this is some gigantic April Fool's joke. And now it's, it's almost a week later. And I'm still waiting for the punchline. I'm still waiting for Empire Magazine to go, just kidding. We wanted to see what you would believe. But according to that article, the director believes that the story they have is too big for one movie what story what kind of story could you possibly have for falling bricks if it was about the creation of the game and uh, supposedly the man who made it never saw a penny of that because russia was just like oh by the way this is ours now then sure maybe two movies maybe but a trilogy about a what's supposed to be a sci-fi movie is ridiculous I hope it's going to be better than Pixels, and Pixels was utter garbage, so it's not going to be hard for them to beat that. This week, we actually had four people pass away. The first was Robin Hardy. He was the director of The Wicker Man. No, 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 not the Nicolas Cage movie, but the classic 1973 versions that starred Sir Christopher Lee. The original Wicker Man, Wicker, that is considered by some to be one of the best horror movies of all time. 
The remake starring Nicolas Cage is considered by me to be one of the funniest movies of all time, just in its sheer ridiculousness. It is it is truly a fun film, just in the fact that it's so bad. But it is great to pay homage to the first one that came out that, while it's the same premise, was just approached in such a different way by one of the best actors we've ever seen. So if you haven't seen the original, give it a shot. Next on the unfortunate list of people who have passed is Michael Cimino. He died on the second. He wrote and directed such light-hearted movies as The Deer Hunter and Heaven's Gate. Next up is a name I'm pretty sure I'm going to butcher. Carolyn Aaron. Uh, she passed away at the age of 52. If you're familiar with the show The Royal Family, a British show, The Royal Family, uh, she was on that. Apparently, that's a show that even the Queen herself watches. So if you live across the pond, that's one you'll be familiar with. And finally, Eli Weissel died at age 87. The only reason I'm mentioning this gentleman, I mean, he did have a little to do with Hollywood. Some of the work he did was used in Holocaust movies, but he was a Holocaust survivor and Nobel laureate. I just thought it was worth mentioning because... The passing of such a great person should not go unnoticed. I only saw stories about this on Reddit and one on IMDb. Anyway, let's move on to lighter topics. Uh, we'll start with my pick of the week, which is Mike and Dave need wedding dates. The Stangle brothers need dates for their sister's wedding after their parents tell them they cannot go stag because all of the trouble they get into at the parties. They place an online ad which goes viral and grabs the attention of two women who may be just like them but will try their hardest to hide it. This movie stars Zac Efron from Neighbors and High School Musical, Anna Kendrick from Pitch Perfect, Aubrey Plaza from Parks and Rec and Scott Pilgrim, and Adam Devine from Workaholics. This is going to be a really dumb movie. I'm I'm not even going to pretend it's going to be anything other than that, but the trailer looks hilarious. I really want to see it because I, I just have the feeling that this is going to be the movie that when I'm done, my sides are going to hurt from laughing too much. I bet you anything, somewhere in there is going to be a joke about their name. They're called the Stangle Brothers, but I bet there's going to be a joke about something dangling if you get my drift. Uh, but this does look like your your average offensive comedy, and I haven't seen a good one a good one in a while. Um, a couple weeks ago, I talked about Central Intelligence, or I did a review on Central Intelligence, the Dwayne Johnson Kevin Hart movie. But this this one is a different beast entirely. That one is kind of a goofy action comedy, while this one more borders on the outrageous and offensive. Without going, at least I don't think, too over the top. So this looks like a nice comedy if you just want to have a laugh. Apparently, here's the interesting news, apparently this is based on a true story. It happened back in 2013 and the guys ended up taking two girls from their hometown that they've apparently known forever. The real girls are supposedly nothing like the characters depicted in the movie. So it is assumed then that the movie takes a lot of liberties when it comes to how things actually went down. It looks like whoever wrote this movie just took the premise of the Stangle Brothers' search for wedding dates and just ran with it. And I am completely fine with that. I didn't even know this was based on a true story. I didn't see that anywhere in any of the trailers. Maybe I missed it. 
Maybe I'm wrong. I don't think I am because I've seen quite a few trailers for it. And I like that. I like the fact that they're not, they're not selling this as a true story. They're like, here's some funny people, maybe even some of your favorite comedic actors, in a movie together. Go see it. It looks great. This is my pick. My vote? Go and see it if you're a fan of dumb comedies. Otherwise, you can probably wait. Next up on the list is The Secret Life of Pets. Max is living the sweet life as a favorite pet when his owner brings home a new dog named Duke. A feud starts between the two, but they must put that aside when a bunny bent on revenge threatens their way of life. This animated movie stars Louis C.K. from, of course, Louis, Kevin Hart, who has been in everything recently, but most notably his stand-up special Let Me Explain, also has Eric Stone Street, who you would know as Cam from, I believe that's his character's name, from Modern Family, and Jim Cummings. The only reason I mention him is because he is one of my favorites. He is the voice of Winnie the Pooh. Rumor has it he actually calls up sick children in hospitals in the Winnie the Pooh voice, which is awesome. I would like to think that if I ever was that famous, I would do something just awesome like that at the drop of a hat. You know, like the John Cena type thing. Okay, quick, quick side note. Last I heard, John Cena, who a lot of WWE fans hate just because he's their, like, you know, their poster child, has done 500 wishes on the Make-A-Wish Foundation. So say what you will about his wrestling and, and how the WWE handles him, but that is a great man. And Jim Cummings, uh, he gets a... he will always get a, a tip of the hat from me just for being Winnie the Pooh, but also, if what what the rumors say is true, just being an awesome guy. But let's move on. This movie is brought to us by Illumination Entertainment, who also made the Despicable Me movies, and will be bringing a sing later this year. Alright, I loved the Despicable Me movies. I thought they were really well done, really clever. But even I'm feeling like the minions are just being overdone. And I have the feeling, I have the sick feeling in the pit of my stomach that the minions are going to make an appearance in this movie somehow, some way, that they will be there. Those little bastards are everywhere. This one looks like a standard animated movie. Easy jokes tied together by a weak plot, but the creators are counting on kids dragging their parents to see it, so all they need to do is make it look good. Just like Finding Dory or anything Pixar puts out. But Pixar, Illumination, DreamWorks, all these companies do put out fantastic movies that are so well done that even if you don't have a kid or have no reason necessarily to just go to see an animated movie that you'd want to see it how to train your dragon cloudy with a chance of meatballs up all of those movies are really well done so maybe this could be one of them or it could be the other type where it's just meh but kids love it because there's easy jokes, it has cute characters, and it looks colorful. My vote is pass. Unless animated movies are your thing, or you have a kid and thus you have no choice. If you do see it and it is worth it, you know, let me know. Leave a comment on this podcast. Hit me up at BilliamReviews at gmail.com. Shoot me a tweet. At Billiam Somewhat Nerdy. That's at Billiam S-W-N. And tell me what you think. But let's go to the next movie before our break that is going to be Cell. 
And no, this is not a movie about a Dragon Ball Z villain. Let's talk about the premise. One day a signal is sent out to all cell phones and it drives anyone who hears it mad. Clay Riddell's life was just turning around when the pulse happened and now all he cares about is getting home to his son. This movie stars John Cusack from movies like High Fidelity and Being John Malkovich and Samuel L. Jackson. And I know when the actor's huge, I usually make a dumb joke about what they're from. But as far as Samuel L. Jackson goes, a fantastic movie he did was A Time to Kill. If you haven't seen it, do yourself a favor and watch it. Just be sure you're in the right move mood for a heavy, heavy movie. It is an amazing film but it's really deep and really it just, it just grabs at you deep down inside and yanks at multiple parts of you just like the, that primal urge to protect your kin as well as this revenge that we all feel that when someone has wronged us deeply this revenge we feel that we want and it tugs at all of that and it's a fantastic film so please if you haven't seen it do yourself a favor and watch a time to kill it is based on a book by john grisham and it stars matthew mcconaughey and samuel l jackson but back to the movie at hand which is cell this sounds like a dumb plot but it's based on a book by stephen king which still doesn't make it a dumb plot but in his hands it can still be terrifying. I've just read the book. It is a really good book. But the thing is, when it comes to Stephen King, on paper, he is a master of the craft. I haven't read a book of his I haven't liked. I've read what read one called Ur about a Kindle from another dimension. And that is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. But it was really good. It was really good. It was a fantastic short story. Only Stephen King can take the dumbest plot possible and make it a compelling book. I'm a writer myself. If you can tell by the blogs, I actually write short stories and work on a few novels. And I, I want to have just a fraction of his talent. So while the story may be good, my, my worry is that it won't translate well onto the screen. Because when it comes to Stephen King's work, it is really hit or miss on the silver screen or on the small screen. Hulu recently had a miniseries about Stephen King's book, 112263. And I haven't watched it, but I want I want to watch it. I want to sit down one day and marathon it. But 112263 was a mind-blowingly amazing book. And it actually really bothered me. The ending, the ending was so perfect, even though it wasn't what I wanted. I had this ideal way that the book was going to end. But when the ending came, it was so far from what I wanted. But it fit and it worked so well. And it bothered me because... Normally, okay, how about this? The movie Boys Don't Cry is a very sad movie, but if, if you stop it at the right spot, you can trick yourself and go, okay, no, that's a really happy ending. Everything ends fine. But with 112263, there's a spot I want to end it at in my head. 
but I can't. I just, I have to acknowledge the rest because it's so well done. And Cell, Cell wasn't nearly as good as, as some of his other work, but it was still fine. But I have a fear that it's not going to come across as well on the screen just because the the script was written by someone else and i don't know how much supervision king had on this and also because words are a more powerful tool than than seeing anything on the screen because you, you, a thought can be placed in someone's head that become can become so real but if it comes out on the screen that's it that's the only way you can see it so I'm hoping that this movie is going to be at least at least three quarters as good as this book. My vote, wait and see how it does before making up your mind. Unless you've read the book and you're a fan or you're a huge Stephen King fan. Otherwise, sit back and, and dip your toes in the water and see how it goes. But my dear friends, my drink needs a refill. So that means it's time for a break. And since I don't have any official sponsors yet, let's hear from our friends at SomewhatNerdy.com, my co-workers, and see what they have to offer you. Imagine yourself on a journey with the Somewhat Nerdy Radio podcast crew as we travel through forgotten realms and far-off galaxies. Your captains, the sensational Snarf Chris and the cunning Critter, constantly face an element of danger. Welcome to the Somewhat Nerdy Radio Podcast. The bright light in the podcast sphere. Download and subscribe Somewhat Nerdy Radio today on iTunes and SoundCloud or stream it at somewhatnerdy.com. Good journey, nerds. Welcome back, everyone. Let's move on to a movie called Captain Fantastic, which is actually not a comic book movie. A hippie father raises his kids in the wilderness alongside his wife. When his wife dies, he's forced back into civilization and must fight for custody of his children with his father-in-law, who looks at his parenting as abuse. This movie stars Viggo Mortensen, who of course was from the Lord of the Rings trilogy, Frank Langella from Frost Nixon, Catherine Hahn from Crossing Jordan, if you guys remember that TV show, and Steve Zahn from movies like A Perfect Getaway. This is going to be one of those indie comedies that is also going to be a huge tearjerker, as it probably tries to pass on some deeper message. So it'll be funny, but also be prepared for a heavy dose of drama. This looks exactly like the type of movie to be nominated for an Oscar, just so the Academy can say, Oh look, we've given comedies a fair shot, we've nominated Captain Fantastic. But really, the Oscar's going to go to someone else. In all fairness, this does look good, but just not theater-worthy. Early next year, it'll be out on DVD or and Blu-ray, and maybe also on sale. Or it'll be streaming. I think that'll be a better time to watch it. This is an example of a movie I could enjoy, but would absolutely hate the characters. The Time Traveler's Wife was one of those. My girlfriend and I read the book, and while it was a beautifully written book, I enjoyed it a lot. If I ever met those characters in person, I just might punch them in the face. They were just dirty hipsters. And Captain Fantastic seems just like a gigantic hippie. So I think that this is going to be... I think it's going to be a really good movie. 
It just doesn't seem worth the time and money to see it in the theaters. So my vote is see it if you're into the indie scene. Otherwise, wait. Movies can be just as good at home. Next on the list is Fathers and Daughters. An award-winning writer checks into a mental health facility after losing his wife. Nearly three decades later, his daughter finds herself struggling relationship-wise, fearing that anyone she loves will end up leaving. That may change, however, when, she's, when she meets a young writer who views her father as a hero. This one stars Russell Crowe from Gladiator and reunites him with Amanda Seyfried from Mamma Mia. They were both in the latest version of Les Miserables. Also has Aaron Paul from Breaking Bad and a name I'm going to butcher, Kuvenzane Wallace, who you would know if you saw Beasts of the Southern Wild, which, which was a masterwork in in visual media see it if you can it, and also has octavia spencer for movies like the help reviews are already coming in for this movie and they all say it's terrible but this isn't some mind-blowing dramatic art film it's a simple romantic drama with a feel-good ending at least i think it's going to be a feel-good ending i haven't seen the movie but the trailer alone shows that it's going to be ending at least on a bittersweet note with high hopes for the future so any critic who's going to see it is probably is probably going to hate it just because it's not it's just not that type of film this is just the type of film you go out on a date night to watch or you rent rent it rent it what are we the 90s or you watch it at home on a free night and you enjoy it will you remember it for the rest of your life probably not will it leave a lasting impact in any way probably not but will you smile probably my vote for this one save it for a rainy day curl up with a cup of something warm and some snacks and and enjoy just a simple movie the second to last movie this episode is an offering from India called Sultan. Sultan Ali Khan is an Olympic gold medal winning wrestler who fell into obscurity. Years later, he wants to get his life back in order by getting the woman of his dreams back and stepping back into the ring. This is a movie starring Solomon Khan and Anushka Sharma, people who we may have never heard of in America, but who are who may be pretty well known in India. At least Solomon Khan is, because when I Googled him, Google exploded with results. Anushka Sharma, on the other hand, has looks like she's relatively new in the Bollywood scene. I'm putting this one on my 2C list because it, it does look really good. It looks like a serious sports drama with that special Bollywood flair. There's just something about the way they make movies that's just really, it's just really fantastic. They can do a deep, serious movie, but just still have this kind of, this nod that says, yes, we know it's a movie. Don't worry, there's going to be a dance number at the end. Everything's going to be okay. And I think everyone should check out the trailer and tell me that it doesn't look entertaining. Wrestling, fake or real, is a really entertaining sport. And who doesn't love a good love story? My vote for this one is even if you're really into this movie, it may be hard to see in theaters, but put it on your list. Whether you watch it at home because you bought it on DVD or you're streaming it, or you did find it in theaters and you're out there watching it, just give it a go. Give it a shot. 
Last on the list for this week is a movie called Six Gun Savior. A cowboy named Lane McRae is double-crossed by the devil, and he sets out on a quest for vengeance. This one stars Eric Roberts, who you may know from The Dark Knight as Marcone, and a bunch of people who seem to mainly do straight-to-DVD movies. People like Lorraine and Matthew Ziff, Kaleo Griffith. These are people I've never heard of, and I watch a lot of movies. I'm not saying that's a bad thing at all. It's just I have no reference point for you guys. Going, oh, you'll know uh, Kaleo Griffith from so-and-so movie. This is the epitome of straight-to-video. I don't even know if it's getting any theater time. You can already rent or buy it on Amazon. It comes out July 5th, so by the time you listen to this, it's already been released. Movies like this can be great. They'll never ever be noticed by Hollywood elites or even most of the movie going public, but for those who watch it, it could be a true joy. There's this perfect balance between not taking yourself too seriously and not being a complete joke. This perfect middle ground, and from the looks of the trailer, Six Gun Savior seems like it could be in that sweet spot. This seems like the type of movie that you could put on, grab a drink, and do some other sort of busy work with, like paperwork or something else, and just eventually you stop doing that because you're getting sucked into the movie, and not because it's some masterpiece, but just because it's fun. Just because it it may be ridiculous, it may have terrible effects, it may even be poorly written, but there's just something about it you like. And I could be 100% wrong on this one. This could be a complete piece of garbage, but the good thing is that it'll probably be really cheap one day, so you can find out without breaking the bank. So my vote on this, it may be worth the five buck purchase on Amazon, or you could wait for the rental price to go down, get even cheaper, and maybe watch a dollar movie. And with that, my dear, dear friends, this episode of Future Flakes comes to a close. Thank you so much for listening. Please favorite and rate this podcast. I'd really appreciate five stars, but please be honest with me. If you need someone new to follow on Twitter, give me a follow. I'm Billiam, S-W-N, so at Billiam, S-W-N, on Twitter. Follow me on Instagram, Billiam, underscore, S-W-N. That's B-I-L-L-I-A-M for Billiam. Any questions or comments? Drop me an email at BilliamReviews at gmail.com. And as always, please check out SomewhatNerdy.com. Give some love to my fellow nerds. Follow us on Facebook. Follow the Somewhat Nerdy Twitter account, at SomeNerds. And do I have anything else left? Do you play Overwatch? I'm Billiam SWN number 1629. How about Untap? I'm Billiam Somewhat Nerdy. SWN again. And with all that out of the way, I hope you had a fantastic time listening today. I also hope you had an amazing 4th of July. And if you're listening from somewhere other than America, I hope you had a beautiful weekend. And remember, no matter what you do this week, just find some time to catch a flick. I'm Billiam from Somewhat Nerdy, signing off.